0: Hello everybody and welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast episode number 243. Today's big Bible question, how can we praise God in the midst of extreme trouble and heartbreak? So hello friends, happy Wednesday to you guys. Now if you're wrestling with anxiety this year and I'll just be honest with you, admit that I have wrestled quite a bit this year above most other years with various forms of anxiety, then I want to invite you to join us for a live stream tonight on Facebook at 7 p.m. Pacific time at VBC Salinas. You can just go up and look that up. That's the church I pastor in Salinas, California. VBC stands for Valley Baptist Church Salinas. And you can join us on the live stream at 7 p.m where we're going to talk about how the Bible equips us and the Holy Spirit enables us to overcome anxiety. So our readings today range from 1 Samuel chapter 18 to Lamentations chapter 3, Psalm 34, and end with Romans 16. And we're going to focus on Lamentations today, but don't get too depressed, because in the midst of this deeply mournful book of the Bible, we're going to find an incredible treasure— one of the most encouraging and joyful verses, honestly, in the entire Bible. Now, that said, if we only focus today on that one nugget of joy and hope, we would miss the bulk of lamentations, which is all about, well, you guessed it, lamenting. A lament, if that is an unfamiliar word to you, is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, a mournful outpouring, often in poetic form. I've often said that while modern pop Christianity is usually kind of saccharine and kitty-sweet, full of success-focused aphorisms and teachings about obtaining the blessings of God, biblical Christianity is far more genuine, gritty, nuanced, and realistic. And that's because pop Christianity is based on kind of the flawed teachings of men, whereas biblical truth. Christianity must only be based on the truth of the Bible. So let's go read Lamentations 3. But what, before we do, let me share one interesting tidbit. As we've mentioned, each chapter of Lamentations, save the last, is a Hebrew acrostic poem. Each section begins with a letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and the sections are arranged alphabetically. Now, we can't see that as clearly in the English, but we can at least see the Hebrew letters there in most modern Bibles, which gives us a clue that it's an acrostic. Can you name the longest acrostic poem or chapter in the Bible? Well, if you guessed Psalms 119, you guessed right. Psalm 119 is an acrostic poem, and it's also the longest chapter and, of course, the longest poem in the entire Bible. 176 verses, which is a lot, 2,500-ish words, which is also a lot, and it takes 15 minutes approximately, you know, depending on your speed, to read it out loud. Now, William Wilberforce was a British member of Parliament and a very strong Christian in the 1800s. He led the British Parliament to outlaw slavery in the United Kingdom decades before the United States did. And he had memorized Psalm 119, the whole thing, 15 minutes worth. And he would often say it out loud to himself on walks around his house. So that's amazing. By the way, have you never seen the movie Amazing Grace, which is about William Wilberforce? And look, I think I've told you before, not a huge fan of a lot of Christian movies. Some of them are corny, some of them the acting and stuff is pretty, pretty not great. Amazing Grace is is fantastic. I almost said it was amazing, but it's, it's great. It's a great Christian movie. Uh, a little c- cerebral, you know, you're not going to find people um, fighting with lightsabers or flying um, jets or uh, there's not a lot of fighting and superpowers and alien invasions and things like that. It's not that kind of a movie, but it's so, so good. It's a little old. Uh, I don't know, a little old. I'm a lot old. It's maybe 10, 15, 20 years old. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it didn't come out yesterday. How about that? But very much worth seeing the story of how William Wilberforce was used by God to overturn slavery in the United Kingdom. And there's a guy that memorized Psalm 119, which is mind blowing. Well, let's go read Jeremiah's Lament and Acrostic in Lamentations 3. And don't worry, it takes a lot less than 15 minutes to read through. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. Aleph. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven me away and forced me to walk in darkness instead of light. Yes, he repeatedly turns his hand against me all day long. Baeth. He has worn away my flesh and skin. He's broken my bones. He has laid siege against me, encircling me with bitterness and hardship. He's made me dwell in darkness like those who have been dead for ages. Gimel. He has walled me in so I cannot get out. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he blocks out my prayer. He has walled in my ways with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Daleth. He is a bear hiding, waiting in ambush, a lion in hiding. He forced me off my way and tore me to pieces. He left me desolate. He strung his bow and set me as the target for his arrow. Hey, He pierced my kidneys with shafts from his quiver. I am a laughing stock to all my people, mocked by their songs all day long. He filled me with bitterness and satiated me with wormwood. Law, he ground my teeth with gravel and made me cower in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. Then I thought my future is lost as well as my hope from the Lord. Zion, remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my per- portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. Teh. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the person who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. Yod. Let him sit alone and be silent, for God has disciplined him. Let him put his mouth in the dust, perhaps there is still hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him. Let him be filled with disgrace. For the Lord will not reject us forever. Even if he causes suffering, he will show compassion according to the abundance of his faithful love, for he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. Lamenth, crushing all the prisoners of the land beneath one's feet, denying justice to a man in the presence of the Most High, or subverting a person in his lawsuit. The Lord does not approve of these things. Maim, Who is there who speaks, and it happens, unless the Lord has ordained it? Do not both adversity and good come from the mouth of the Most High? Why should any living person complain, any man, because of the punishment for his sins? Noon. Let's examine and probe our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let's lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. We have sinned and rebelled. You have not forgiven. Samach. You have covered yourself in anger and pursued us. You've killed without compassion. You've covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can get through. You have made us disgusting filth among the people's pay. All our enemies open their mouths against us. We have experienced panic and pitfall, devastation and destruction. My eyes flow with streams of tears because of the destruction of my dear people. I My eyes overflow unceasingly without end. Until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees, my eyes bring me grief because of the fate of all the women in my city. Chade, for no reason, my enemies hunted me like a bird. They smothered my life in a pit and threw stones on me. Watered, water flooded over my head, and I thought, I am going to die. quof I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not ignore my cry for belief, relief. You came near whenever I called you. You said, do not be afraid. Resh, you championed my cause, Lord. You redeemed my life. Lord, you saw the wrong done to me. Judge my case. You saw all their vengefulness, all their plots against me, seen and sheen, Lord, you heard their insults, all their plots against me, the slander and murmuring of my opponents attack me all day long, when they sit and when they rise, look, I am mocked by their songs, tall, you will pay them back what they deserve, Lord. According to the work of their hands, you will give them a heart filled with anguish. May your curse be on them. You will pursue them in anger and destroy them under your heavens. So yeah, that didn't quite take 15 minutes, but you know, it's one of the longer passages out there. What a powerful and gut-wrenching passage. I mean, you have Jeremiah here, who is the author of Lamentations, saying he's God has worn away his flesh and skin has broken his bones, has laid siege against him, and encircled him with bitterness and hardship. Oh my gosh, what? It's heartbreaking. It's honest. It's vulnerable. Jeremiah doesn't pull any punches here. Now, I've said it often, and I've probably already implied it today, but it bears repeating again. The Bible does not candy coat the sufferings of the world. Now, you might be able to listen to a popular TV preacher or read a best-selling Christian book and be surprised that the world has been suffering greatly in 2020, or you might be surprised at your own suffering in whatever year it is, but you sure won't read the Bible and then come away shocked at what's going on outside the door in our world right now or the hard things that you and I go through. In this world, we will have tribulation, says Jesus, and the Bible gives us example after example after example of the truth of that statement. Going through the discipline of the Lord, especially at the level that Jeremiah was experiencing, is horrible. It's a horrible thing. And yet, there is hope. There's always hope because Jeremiah knows that the discipline of the Lord isn't permanent. Now, how does he know that? Well, he knows because he knows God. He knows the character of God. He knows the word of God. And he knows the mercy and the cheseth of God, the faithful love of God. So let's read that middle portion of Lamentations 3 again, beginning in uh, verse 19, where Jeremiah says, Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison, I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's Chesseth, because of the Lord's Faithful love, we do not perish for his mercies never end; they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore, I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait from him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Wow, that's just great stuff now, I find Spurgeon's verse by verse commentary through this passage very delightful. So let's close with a portion of it. And when I read the scriptures, it's going to be kind of King James version because, you know, Spurgeon lived in the 1800s, but still it's great. He says this, uh, quoting from Psalm of Jeremiah. I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord, remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul has them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. Spurgeon says, as long as your afflictions, poor troubled souls, have really humbled you, you will have hope. Recall to your mind the fact that God's chastising blows have brought you down to his feet in humble submission and ended all your boastings, and therein you may have hope. Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. And Spurgeon says, see where Jeremiah gets his comfort. He seems to say, As bad as my case is, it might have been worse, for I might have been consumed, and I should have been consumed, if the Lord's compassions had failed. Oh, brothers and sisters, and we too might have been in hell at this very moment. Amidst the hottest flames of that hopeless place, we might have been enduring the wrath of God, but we are not there, and blessed be his name for that. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. He still has compassion on us. If he had not, he would have given us up altogether. But there is love in his heart, even while there is a frown upon his brow. And while his hand is disciplining us, his heart is loving us still. Verse 23, your mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Spurgeon says, if every day brings its trouble, every day also brings its mercy. Up to this day, of all events we've had, we've not perished. The Lord has chastened us, but he's not crushed us. We've been cast down, but we've not been destroyed. Great is thy faithfulness. No man can say that so truly as the one who is known what it is to prove that great faithfulness in great affliction. But when there has been a great trial, the believing soul has cast itself upon the ever faithful God and so has been able to set its seal to this truth. Great is thy faithfulness. Verse 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Spurgeon says, what? With his mouth full of gravel stones, and made drunk with bitterness, overwhelmed with sorrow. Yet he says, the Lord is my portion." Oh yes, beloved, whatever else we have lost, we have not lost our God. The thieves have robbed us of our spare little cash, but they could not get at the gold we have in the heavenly bank. They could not break into the great treasure house of everlasting love. John Bunyan says, little faith lost his spending money, but the thieves could not find his jewels. Nor can they find ours, they are all safe. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Verse 24, therefore I will hope in him. Spurgeon says, if I cannot cast the anchor of hope anywhere else, I may hope in him, and what better hope do I want than that? Verse 25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Spurgeon says, do not be in a hurry. Do not expect to be delivered out of your trouble the first time you begin to cry unto God. Oh no, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Verse 26. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And Spurgeon says, God's time is always the best time. To deliver you just now might be to deprive you of the benefit of the trouble. I'm going to read that again. For those of you that have been asking for God's deliverance and wondering why he's waiting, Spurgeon is giving you and us some wonderful wisdom here. God's time is always the best time. To deliver you just now might be to deprive you of the benefit of the trouble. That doesn't mean stop asking, keep asking, but understand that the timing of the Lord for his deliverance is best. Spurgeon continues, You must bear it till it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness. When the doctor puts on a blister to us, we are not to take it off the next minute. No, patience should have her perfect work, that we may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Well, let's feast on those words of wisdom. They may not be exactly what we want to hear. But brothers and sisters, they are true and accurate and good for our soul. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We continue with 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. When David had finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan was bound to David in close friendship and loved him as much as he loved himself. Saul kept David with him from that day on and did not let him return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as much as himself. Then Jonathan removed the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his military tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. David marched out with the army and was successful in everything Saul sent him to do. Saul put him in command of the fighting men, which pleased all the people and Saul's servants as well. As the troops were coming back when David was returning from killing the Philistine, the women came out from all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, singing and dancing with tambourines and with shouts of joy and with three-stringed instruments. And as they danced, the women sang, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And Saul was furious and resented this song. They credited tens of thousands to David, he complained, but they only credited me with thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. The next day, an evil spirit from God came powerfully on Saul and he began to rave inside the palace. David was playing the lyre as usual, but Saul was holding a spear and he threw it thinking I'll pin David to the wall. But David got away from him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. Therefore, Saul sent David away from him and made him commander over a thousand men. David led the troops and continued to be successful in all his activities because the Lord was with him. When Saul observed that David was very successful, he dreaded him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David because he was leading their troops, Saul told David, Here is my oldest daughter Merab. I'll give her to you as a wife if you will be a warrior for me and fight the Lord's battles. But Saul was thinking, I don't need to raise a hand against him. Let the hand of the Philistines be against him. Then David responded, Who am I and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? When it was time to give Saul's daughter Merab to David, she was given to Adriel the Meholathite as a wife. Now Saul's daughter Michael, loved David and when it was reported to Saul it pleased him I'll give her to him Saul thought she'll be a trap for him and the hand of the Philistines will be against him so Saul said to David a second time you can now be my son-in-law Saul then ordered his servants speak to David in private and tell him look the king is pleased with you and all his servants love you therefore you should become the king's son-in-law Saul's servants reported these words directly to David but he replied Is it trivial in your sight to become the king's son-in-law? I am a poor commoner. The servants reported back to Saul. These are the words David spoke. Then Saul replied, Say this to David. The king desires no other bride price except a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Actually, Saul intended to cause David's death at the hands of the Philistines. When the servants reported these terms to David, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. Before the wedding day arrived, David and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines. He brought their foreskins and presented them as full payment to the king to become his son-in-law. Then Saul gave his daughter Michael to David as his wife. Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved him, and he became even more afraid of David. As a result, Saul was David's enemy from that time on. Every time the Philistine commanders came out to fight, David was more successful than all of Saul's officers, so his name became well known. Well, there's some certainly interesting things in that passage, isn't there? Psalm chapter 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name forever. I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. The poor man cried. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones fear the Lord. For those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry. But those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Come children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is someone who desires life, loving a long life to enjoy what is good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn away from evil and do what is good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry for help. The face of the Lord is set against those who do what is evil to remove all memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. One who is righteous has many adverse, adversities, but the Lord rescues him from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. The Lord redeems the life of his servants, and all who take refuge in him will not be punished. Finally, Romans chapter 16, verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Centuria. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever matter she may require your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. Give my greetings to Prisca and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epineatus, who was the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews and fellow prisoners. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those who belong in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, who have worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who are with them. Greet Philologus and Julia Julianarius and his sister in Olympus, And all the saints who are with them greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send you greetings. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learned. Avoid them, because such people do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. Now the report of your obedience has reached everyone. Therefore I rejoice over you, But I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me in the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Quartus greet you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now made revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among all of the Gentiles, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever. Amen. What a wonderful place to end. To the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening, dear friends. Please share this with a friend. Good day to you and Godspeed.